0: Today is one of those days where I come before this microphone with an extremely broken heart and so much grief and pain that I I need to share with you today at the beginning of this program. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. So where do I begin? Yesterday when I completed the program for Tuesday... I had several messages that had piled up during the time that I was recording the program. And both contained some bad news. About a year ago, about a year ago, I lost a very close friend of mine. He was the pastor of a church in St. Augustine in the same church body where I'm a leader. And he had died of a heart attack. Now there was another clergyman available who took over that church last year. He did it a little bit reluctantly because he wasn't sure if he was, quote, good enough. But he rose to the occasion and for the past year has kept that congregation very stable. Well, the first message I had yesterday was about this particular clergyman. His first name is Greg. He was out doing his normal morning walk near where he lives. And he was struck by a car. And he was life flighted to a hospital in Jacksonville. And honestly, he's not expected to live. They believe the damage to his brain is just far too extensive. And so I think of of him and his wife. I just to talk to him last week. We keep in touch. Other friends of mine within our church denomination have been talking with him and encouraging him with that congregation. And he's done such an outstanding job to get him through this past year. And now, and now, it, well, I would say a young he's a little bit younger than I am I'm 67 he's right at about retirement age God was good to him in the business that he and his wife ran for years so he was able to to do this this church without asking for you know any compensation and he's been quite a blessing and just a wonderful individual and now as you're hearing this program I produce it before it is distributed to the radio stations. Whether he is alive on this earth or alive in the presence of his Lord, I cannot answer. It's going to be difficult for his family. It's going to be difficult, especially with what transpired last year, for his church family. It's, it's kind of strange. I've been trying to prepare additional radio programs so my wife and I would be able to to travel to our home up in Georgia sometime next week. And Jim Calhoun has just stepped up to the plate and said, Bob, I will help you out any way that I can. And here is I've got one project complete and I'm trying to say, Lord, what is the next chapter in in my life, my wife's life, in the life of my ministry, even even this radio program, and all that you've called upon me to do, you know, I, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure what God wants me to do at this point. I, I just know that we've got to get through this time with this family and the church, and how it's all going to, to play out over the next days, weeks, and months. I don't know. Keep me and not so much me, but keep Greg and his family in your prayers. They are desperately standing in the need of prayer. But see, that wasn't the only message that I got yesterday. I got another message. Another clergyman within our, our group who happens to live in North Carolina. Now, he has been what we would call, for the time being, non-parochial. He's been doing some parachurch church ministry, but also a secular job for the time being. About a year ago, also just a little over a year ago, 13 months ago, their son, who was 18 at the time, was found unresponsive in their home. And they couldn't tell what the problem was. Was it a stroke? There was something horribly wrong, his eyes were wide open and almost being pushed out, and they rushed him to a hospital where he was not expected to live. But through very careful surgical hands, lots of prayer, he gradually began to recover. Now, they had to do some very extensive surgery, literally opening up his skull to take pressure off his brain. It was touch and go for weeks and months. He could barely walk or talk. But over these past months, he recovered extremely well. And and to see him and talk to him everything seems normal and and everybody was celebrating this this wonderful time that this father and mother had with their with their son and all that they've gone through this past year well yesterday I get word that after all this their their son collapsed with a heart attack at age 19 and died. I don't know all the details. I'm sure that I'll find out at some point. So, my heart is broken today. Two people that I care about and love in the Lord more than words can ever express. One is preparing, it appears, to, to meet his Lord... And the other is broken hearted at the loss of his son. And, and we as humans, we, we go, Lord, how do we, how long, how, how, do we, how do we get through this? How do we find comfort in your word that I am the resurrection and the life? Whosoever believeth in me shall not perish. No, they shall not die. St. Paul says we see through a glass dimly. Listen, I, I understand a lot more about death and dying than I would care to discuss. Early in my pastoral ministry, I was a hospice chaplain for a few years. I dealt with death every day. Then in 2004, I dealt with the passing of my beloved wife to cancer so I'm no stranger sometimes I think my heart is a little bit hardened I don't want to be as hurt as I have been before maybe you can identify but for now I sincerely need your prayers as I try to figure out what the next steps are going to be for what we need to be doing how to help this church how to help my other friend in North Carolina gonna be a difficult time for my wife Lori and I as we navigate these these waters. So please keep in your prayer. As I said, Jim Calhoun has stepped up to the plate and once again has made it possible for me to have the time to do the things that I need to do. So without any further ado, here's Jim Calhoun.
1: In this episode of Truth to Ponder. I want to talk about two things specifically. In the first half of the show, I want to talk about having little victories. Victories that can bolster our spirit. Victories that can make us see the light at the end of the tunnel. And most importantly, looking at those dark clouds and seeing the silver lining around the clouds. In the second half of the show, I want to talk about faith, because I think the most powerful thing that we have on this planet is our faith in Almighty God. And it's my prayer that you get something from today's episode. So I really do appreciate you tuning in today. It seems like every day we see another dark cloud coming over the horizon, whether it be. Rumors of World War III or continued vaccine deaths and destruction and viruses that are really bioweapons and new world order and inflation. And you just go on and on. Every day there's at least one dark cloud. Sometimes there's a whole squadron of dark clouds come over the horizon. And those who listen to my broadcast know that I'm pretty blunt. And I'm definitely a realist, and I don't like to paint pretty pictures, and I don't like to look at things with rose-colored glasses or with a Pollyanna type of an attitude, because that's not how the world works. But there is something to these dark clouds that I want to talk about today. And I want to look at the cloud and say, okay, Mr. Dark Cloud, I see you. There you are right there. But guess what I'm going to focus on? I'm going to focus on that silver lining. That's around each and every dark cloud. And yes, every dark cloud does have a silver lining. Sometimes it's really hard to see, but it's there. And so you can acknowledge those dark clouds and not ignore them because you ignore such dark clouds at your own peril. But you don't have to let those dark clouds ruin your day or ruin your life or ruin the situation that you're in. Just look at the dark cloud and acknowledge it and then concentrate on that silver lining. And one way to do that is to celebrate little victories. Each day we all have little victories. They seem like nothing because they're so small, especially when we have this dark cloud we're looking at. And so when you look at this dark cloud, you don't see all the little things that are happening in your life that are actually going good. And that's what we need to concentrate on. Because when we have enough of these things that we see and acknowledge that are going good in our life, these little victories. All of a sudden, these little victories really do add up. And then we have a big deal. Then we feel victorious. And we should feel victorious anyway, because if you're a child of God, we have victory in Jesus. And so ultimately, we're already victorious. But I'm going to talk about the little things in life. And I'm going to use myself as an example. Every day that I get up, and the sun comes up, and I'm able to see it, I'm thankful, and I count that as a victory. Some people know that I was in a horrific car wreck, and there's no medical reason that I'm alive. I do know that the only reason that I'm living on this world right now is because of the grace of God. And I know that for an absolute fact. And so I'm thankful for each and every day. But also I count that as a victory. And then every day that I get up motivated, which is most days, I count that as a victory. That I feel like getting up and I feel like doing some things. So I've already had two victories right there. Then as I remember to take my medication, which sometimes I don't remember, but most times I do, and when I do remember it, that's another victory. And then I fix a nice breakfast for myself, and that's another victory. I was able to eat. I was able to have food. I was able to eat and sustain myself. Then it's off to do the chores. And I have an awful lot of mouths to feed out here. I have about 60 or so animals I have to feed. And the cows eat quite a bit. And it costs quite a bit of money to feed everybody out here. And every day that financially I'm able to feed them, that's another victory. Then add to that, every day I'm able to physically feed them and do the work. That's another victory. And so I look at all these little victories adding up because Charles Atlas, the famous bodybuilder, once said that we must go steadily from one success to another. That's how we should live our life, is by going steadily from one success to another. And I've always taken that advice to heart. And so that's what I do. So each part of my day that I'm successful completing, I count that as a success. And I stay very busy. I have mechanic work I have to do, and I have to fix fence and get ready for hay season. And also my broadcasting career takes quite a few hours. And I'm still doing work as a professional musician. And so I have to have time for rehearsals and so forth and so on. And of course, I have to have time to listen to the word of God and to pray. And you have to make time for what is really important to you. Then you have time for friends and family and so forth and so on. But every little thing that I accomplish is a victory. I'm also gardening and I'm putting my garden in. Now, I don't go out and do the garden all in one day. I just go out and do a little bit of it and have a little success. Then I put my tools down. The next day, they're going to be there waiting for me. The work that I got done today will still be done tomorrow. Then I just add to that. And I look at it kind of like someone making a sculpture out of marble. Actually, every stroke of the hammer, every time you hit a chisel, and a piece of that marble comes off that you want, it to come off because that's not part of the statue that's not going to be part of the finished product that's a success so to make a statue with all the hammer blows and all the positioning of the chisel every time that you position the chisel correctly and hit the chisel squarely and you chip off the piece of marble that you're trying to chip off that is a success And that's how we should live our life. We see all these great big dark clouds. No matter what they are, they are big. and They're ominous. And sometimes they're very scary. But know that we're already victorious in Jesus. And we're not losers. The world is trying to make us all feel like we're losers right now. And I learned something in my accident that I had to learn how to become my own best friend. And while that might sound a little silly, when you're laying in bed and you're all by yourself and you can't move, it's very easy to feel sorry for yourself. It's very easy to pity yourself. It's very easy to give up on yourself because I've been there. But if your best friend came in, your best friend would say, hey, suck it up. You're going to make it. You're tough. Toughen up. You're going to make it. I believe in you. You have to tell yourself that. And so if you're looking at situations that you think are hopeless, you need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm capable. I can do this. I can handle this. And if you don't think you can handle it, then I suggest that you call on God. As a matter of fact, you should pray about things anyway. But it seems like we need to learn how to trust in ourselves and believe in ourselves and thus become our own best friends. Sometimes our health is deteriorated to the point where it takes us literally all day to get up off the couch and walk to the kitchen and make a sandwich and walk back to the couch. I've been there. The two biggest obstacles that I've overcome in my life that to me were just absolutely mountains I had to climb, was one, learning how to walk again. It took over $26,000 of rehab for me to learn how to walk again. And when you have your motor skills totally destroyed, and you have your body crushed to the point where you just don't think there's any way it's going to function, at least normally, not, and not to the point where it'll hold you up and hold your weight up. And the rehab people were very great and gracious. They worked with me. And they had to teach me wheelchair safety and how to survive in that world. Then I graduated to a walker. But even with the walker, I had to have two people hold me up because I couldn't hold myself up with the walker. But I remember when it was graduation day and they said, I think you're ready to take steps by yourself. I was absolutely terrified. Now, you would think that someone such as myself, that I'm very confident and I'm very strong-willed and I'm very motivated, that just taking a step would be something I'd say, oh, sure, I'll just take a step and walk. It doesn't work that way. At least it didn't with me. I was absolutely terrified because I didn't know what was going to happen. And to mentally take that step and put the leg that was almost totally destroyed out in front of me knowing that it was going to bear all of my weight all by myself it was absolutely terrifying but i took that first step and when i actually made it onto my good leg again the feeling of joy the feeling of accomplishment i've never felt that in my life before not that strong i had a victory and it was the, probably the most major victory i've ever had in my life and was taking a step And so we don't have to look at victories as being these great big things where you have a ticker tape parade and the bands are playing. I'm not talking about that kind of victory. I'm talking about those personal victories that we all have to experience in life because we all experience heartache and hurt and failure, but we also experience that silver lining. We also experience victory and love and joy. We have to look for that victory. And look for that love and look for that joy. Because that victory, love and joy is there. There's no doubt in my mind that a lot of the things that are happening in the world today are designed to take you off your game. They're designed to depress you or to make you inactive to where you're afraid to do one thing you might be wrong. You're afraid to do another thing because it might be wrong as well. And so you get just stuck. You kind of get stuck in neutral. And when you're stuck in neutral, that's when you really feel the dark clouds to start descending on you. And it's kind of claustrophobic. And so even if you don't have the mindset that you go from one victory to another, I want you to try to start getting that developed. Even if it's getting the dishes done. For that meal, you get it done, victory. No matter how small the job is, when you're done, it's a victory. But even if you don't get it done, it's still a victory if you've done your best. It takes a long time to make that sculpture out of marble, but every day is a victory that the right pieces are chipped off. The ultimate victory of having to finish statue might be months. Maybe even years away, depending on the size of the statue. Maybe you have some things in your life that might take several years to get yourself bailed out of it. Well, first of all, if you're digging a hole for yourself, quit digging. That's the first thing. That's the first victory. The second victory is starting to look up at the top of the hole and getting a game plan together on how to get out of that hole. Both of those are victories. If you look at everything as a victory, one step at a time, baby steps, then all of a sudden you will become victorious and you will feel victorious. The world's still going to be the evil place it is. Satan's going to still be out there doing his worst, trying to steal our joy and trying to actually take our lives from us, whether it be physically or mentally or emotionally, spiritually. That doesn't matter to Satan, just as long as he gets in and messes everything up. But it's up to us and nobody else, because there's not a man on a white horse going to come riding in to save you. That only happens in the movies. But you do have a man or a woman on a white horse ready to save you. And that person stares back at you every time you look into a mirror. Sometimes we have to go back to a simpler time in our life, a time where we did feel joy. Maybe it's childhood. Maybe it's early adulthood. Maybe we have to rewind mentally and emotionally way back to a time where we were happy. Then we can ask ourselves, why was I happy? What made me happy? And there's one thing I've discovered. It doesn't make any difference how old you are. You are still you. You might be an older version of you, but you're still you. And so, most of the things that have made you happy through your life will still make you happy. If those things are gone, and you can't obtain them anymore, well, it's time to look for greener pastures. New interests. New hobbies. New relationships. I'm not saying just dump everything and abandon ship and start over. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm trying to say is, is that no matter what the obstacle is in front of you, it is surmountable by you. Almost everybody looks to other people and other things for answers to their problems to where what they really need to be doing is looking to the inside because only they know the entire situation. Only they know how they really feel and how things really are. And you can talk to a thousand people and get a thousand different answers. But you'd be better off just having a nice quiet moment with yourself and asking yourself, what should I do here? And if you don't know, ask God. Ask God for guidance. As a matter of fact, I think that's where you should start every time is to ask God for guidance. But after you've asked God for guidance, if you really don't feel led one way or another, well, maybe God is putting it on your heart that he wants you to rely on yourself. I know there's an old saying that says, God helps those who help themselves. And there is a lot of truth in that. But you have to be willing to be a friend to yourself. Have to be willing to look at that person in the mirror. And you may not love that person. Because you know that person, you know all the sins, you know all the faults, you know all the history and all the baggage. We all have it. I have history and baggage and faults and sins, just like everybody else. But so do you, just like everybody else. And so don't single yourself out as if you're the worst person that's ever been born. Because I truly doubt that that's the case. And unfortunately, in this world today, there's all sorts of things that try to point fingers of blame at us anyway, as far as we're responsible for destroying the planet because we happen to drive an SUV and things like that. Little things that just keep eating on you, and it's on a day-by-day basis. And so it's no wonder that there's a lot of people out there that feel like that they're not a good person. Because right now, there's so much segregation and so much division taking place in our popular culture. If your skin is not the right color, or you're from the wrong nation, or the wrong heritage, then all of a sudden, you are somehow deemed to be less important or less of a person. This cancel culture needs to be canceled. Because it is making a lot of people feel very inadequate, very small, and a lot of people are looking at themselves and wondering, am I really destroying the planet? Am I really this bad of a person? But there is a flip side to that. Because only people that want to examine themselves like that will ultimately see the truth in it. Because people that actually... Examine themselves are blessed with a conscience. Because I think that people with a conscience are actually the ones that are reachable by Almighty God. As a matter of fact, most people that have those feelings are people that are blessed with a conscience. And they do have a conscience, they know good from bad, and they know when they've done wrong, and it makes them feel bad. I feel a lot more comfortable with you than someone who goes out and does just absolutely horrible things and doesn't care because I have no conscience. I've had several people in my life that have been absolutely devoid of any conscience at all. And it's really sad to see these people totally self-destruct and they don't care. They don't care who they hurt. They don't care about themselves. They don't care about anyone else. And it's not that they're just so selfish. It's just that they just don't care. And they don't have a conscience. They do something wrong. You can say, gosh, that was horrible. Why did you do that? They go, well, because I felt like it. I wanted to. They have absolutely no remorse. And if you have people like that in your life, you just have to hand them over to God. Because only God can touch those kind of people. And some of those people have willingly rejected God. And we have to understand that we have to accept people where they're at and how they are. And if you have someone in your life that has rejected God and hates Jesus, like the advisor to Klaus Schwab said that God and Jesus was fake news, only God can reach that man. Whether that man will be receptive to God, I have no clue. But I know that I would hate to be that man on his deathbed, saying that God and Jesus are fake news. And so we have an awful lot of people out there that think they're smart, that are trying to influence people to not have any faith. But I think faith is where we need to head this, and that's where I'm going to be heading this program, as I'm going to talk about ways to build faith. Build your victories, though, day by day, all the little ones. If you see that dark cloud coming, like I say, say, hello, Mr. Dark Cloud. I see you, but I see that silver lining. And on the other side of the break, let's talk about building faith.
0: And thank you, Jim. I appreciate your help during this uh, very difficult time. As I mentioned at the beginning of the program, a friend of mine is near death right now after being struck by a car yesterday while taking his morning walk. Don't have a whole lot more details yet, but Maybe by the end of the week I can share more. Also another friend, his his 19-year-old son, who had just gone through a whole year of surgeries and what have you after some kind of a an episode that put pressure on his brain like a stroke. He had recovered so well, passed away suddenly. Passed away suddenly on Tuesday, yesterday. And so I have two, two dear families and friends that I'm... I'm trying to to deal with and and comprehend how to help, so please keep me in your prayers. If you appreciate the ministry that we have here at Truth to Ponder, would you consider giving it your financial support to keep it on shortwave radio? I need to make some decisions about the frequencies I'm using and what should be added, if anything should be changed, so your input is more valuable now than, than ever before. We now are, for the first time, heard on the West Coast on shortwave on the frequency 9455 kilohertz, 9 p.m. Pacific time. And we're excited about that opportunity. And we hope to find more hours that we can broadcast and, and share this program. If you believe in our ministry and can help us out financially, would you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to... Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248 in Crestview, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. Zip code again, 32536. And we will be back with more right after this. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman The great
2: and wonderful Passover Connection. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish Connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now. Passover is really the first and central celebration of the Jewish faith. Passover came before all the rest. It's Israel's birthday when they remember that they were once slaves in Egypt, but God saved them by sending a Redeemer and by the blood of the Lamb. Now, if Passover is the center of Israel's holy days, and if Messiah is the center of Israel, then you'd think that Messiah and Passover would go together. And so they do. It's no accident that Jesus the Messiah is called the Lamb of God. It's no accident that of all days he died on Passover. It's no accident that on the last supper they had bread and wine and lamb. The last supper was the Passover Seder. And so every time you have the Lord's Supper, you're eating the bread and drinking the wine of Passover. It's no accident that he rose also during the Passover week. Because Passover was really the celebration of new beginnings and new life. The point is you can't get around it. There's no other Messiah but Jesus and only he could do all this. And we who are believers have a truly Jewish faith. In fact, we have a Passover faith. It all began on Passover. Therefore, no matter who you are, no matter what tribe or tongue you come from, you need to celebrate Passover every day of your life. Don't let a day go by in your life without remembering that once you were a slave in a faraway land, far from God, but God in his mercy sent you His Redeemer. And by the blood of the lamb, he broke your chains. He set you free and he called you out of bondage and he set you on a good and blessed journey home to a land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land. So keep your eyes on the Lamb and celebrate Passover. Celebrate your salvation for you too are a child of Israel. Want more on this? Ask for the Passover Seder And now the free gift for you The most incredible evidence and proof of Jesus as the Messiah Discovered in the writings of the rabbis You'll get it in the mystery of the temple doors Plus sapphires guaranteed to give you the power Of living a victorious life in God All free How do you get these gifts? Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name Yeshua and dial it Call 1-800-YESHUA-1 Call now 1-800-YESHUA-1 now, my friend, you're on this earth for a great purpose, to be a blessing, so I invite you to join me in bringing the greatest blessing to the unreached peoples of the world, salvation to five continents with over a billion people. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1, that's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. That's Box 1111, L-O-D-I, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Cahn saying Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah Adon Olam. Lord of all,
0: this is Truth
1: to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Welcome back to the second half of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun, sitting in for Bob Beerman. and Bob is a very busy man with a very busy schedule, and I'm just happy to be able to help him out from time to time. And I really do appreciate you tuning in, and I appreciate you sticking around. The first half of the show I talked about little victories that we need to celebrate, things that help us mentally, and also it can help you spiritually is to understand that God is in control and there are silver linings to those dark clouds. And never forget, we already have victory. If we're a child of God, we already have victory in Jesus. And if you haven't made Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior, I invite you to do so. I know that that's the only answer to this crazy world is Jesus. Nothing less will do. But the second half of this show, I'm going to be talking about faith. And I think it's been proven that our faith in governments and in the medical profession and our faith in the pharmaceutical companies and our faith in man in general has been severely shaken, if not broken, beyond repair. Every institution from our so-called justice department, which I think is a legal department because there's no justice there, onto the educational system where they don't seem to be educating, and so it's very hard to have faith. Everywhere you look, there's things to erode our faith. We find out that there's nurses and doctors who are paid to give people this death jab, And they knew it was going to harm them. They knew they were harming people, but they didn't care because the doctor needed a new bass boat and maybe the nurse needed a weekend off and so she was going to take a vacation. They needed that extra money. And don't tell me that didn't happen because I've been getting report after report of hospitals and also the staff at hospitals padding their pockets on the backs of these poor people that they went in and they told them they had COVID, whether they did or not. And some of them didn't even have COVID. They had pneumonia, but yet they wouldn't treat them for pneumonia. And so a lot of them died. There's a lot of blood on a lot of hands in the medical profession, and I for one have lost faith in that profession entirely. As with the teaching profession, now I know there's good teachers, I know there's good doctors, but the profession as a whole, I have no faith in. And so we have to really be careful of where we put our faith. And my faith is with Jesus Christ. My faith is in the kingdom of God, not in the United States of America or any other country. All these arbitrary lines they grow they draw across the ground to say that this is this country and other side of the line is that country. That's all artificial. The only thing that's real in this entire world is God. That's the only thing. God is the author of all things. And that's where our faith needs to go. And as we celebrate our day-to-day victories, understand that We only have a chance to have that victory because God loved us enough to create us in the first place. And God loved us enough to send his only son to die for us. And I know while you hear that through your life, it somehow becomes cliched, but there is so much power in what I just said. If you would just look at it and examine it, there is power. There's power in the blood. There is power in Jesus Christ. There's power in Almighty God. That is where our faith needs to be. Because ultimately, our only refuge from this crazy world is with Almighty God. We cannot continue to go the path that we're going, to where God is being canceled, And you have people claiming to be God or people claiming that God is not real or God is dead. Or like that one very misinformed person who is supposedly intelligent and an elite said that that Jesus Christ dying for our sins was fake news. We can't have faith in this New World Order bunch. And we can't put our faith in the world because we need to be living on the world but not be of the world. And so we can't put faith in the world. We have to put faith in the kingdom of God. And so as this half of the program I talk about faith, understand that we need to have an unending, unbending faith in Almighty God. And faith is something that Sometimes you either have or you don't. Now, I know you can acquire faith. I know people who have done that. And there's others like myself that God intervened and actually saved my life. And I realized at the time that was what was going on. I've always had faith, but that really increased my faith. It let me know that my faith was justified, that yes, God did love me and cared for me. So I think lots of times God has to give you the faith. And if he doesn't give you the faith, he has to show you the faith that you have. So if you're having trouble with having faith in God, I think you simply need to have a talk with God. You need to tell God that you want to have faith. You need to express your willingness to God to have him help grow your faith and bolster it day by day. I'm not saying to test God and say, God, if you're real, you'll give me faith. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about little things that God will do in your life that you have to be receptive to see and hear and taste and touch. There's been countless times in my life where I've had a need. And before I even had a chance to pray about it, God would send someone into my life or make a situation that would take care of that need. I have a perfect example. I have several hay rakes. They're called side delivery rakes. And what they do is they kick the hay off to the side. They've got, for lack of a better description, a beater bar that just kind of scrapes the hay over it. It has teeth. It has bars with teeth on it. And the bars go around in a circle when they push the hay. Well, my hay rake is wore out, and I need to buy a whole bunch of teeth. And I priced the teeth, and it was going to cost me about $300 to put teeth in this rake because there's so many missing. Because I let someone use the rake and they went out and sprung it. They went out and destroyed the rake and made it to where it can't hold teeth. It just beats them out of it. And no matter how I've tried, I haven't been able to straighten it enough to where. I can remedy the problem. And I'm working on rakes right now. That's something I'm doing. That's what I'm doing on a day-by-day basis, getting ready for the hay season that's upcoming. And I get a phone call from a guy that calls me, oh, about twice a year. He said, are you home right now? I said, I sure am. He said, I bought a hay rake. I'm going to bring it over to you, see if you like it. If you like it, I'll give it to you for $150. That's what I paid for it. And I said, "Well, what is it?" He said, "It's a side delivery rake." I said, "Well, sure, if you want to bring it over, great." He pulled it in the yard and it's fairly old. It's about 50 years old, but it has all of its teeth and it's functional, and it's a lot better than what I own. And I'm going to have this new rake with brand new tires on it for half of what it was going to cost me to put teeth in this other rake that were not going to last very long anyway. And just the night before I was online trying to find the cheapest place to buy teeth for this rake and adding it up and wondering if I could afford it. And so that's how God helps to build faith. He doesn't necessarily have to show himself to you and have lightning bolts and burning bushes and things like that. It's the little things. And also it's the things that God keeps out of your life that you never realize that he kept it out of your life. Any time that I'm running late or I'm stuck in traffic or things aren't going well and I'm trying to get from point A to point B, I never worry about it. I think of it like this, that God has me in the place he wants me. And if I'm running 15 minutes late to an appointment, so be it. I'll get there. Maybe God was keeping me out of an accident if I would have been on time. Maybe somebody ran a stop sign 15 minutes earlier where I would have been at that time. You never know. But I do know that God watches over us. God knows each and every one of us, every fiber of our being. And faith is something that is truly a blessing. And those that have faith know what I'm talking about. But those that don't have faith, please don't despair. Because if you want the faith, and you're despairing because you feel you don't have it, that means that you're going to acquire it. It's those that don't have faith and don't care. Those are the ones that probably aren't going to ever have any faith because they don't care enough to look for the little things that God will show them that will help build their faith. And so if you're one of those that are wondering if you have faith, I'm going to have to say you most likely do you probably have more faith than you know. Because you have faith enough to be concerned whether you have faith or not. I hope that makes sense to you. But if you're concerned that if God loves you or not, that means that you love God so much and you want to please God so much that you want Him to love you too. That's what that means. God knows that. And those of you who feel like you don't have faith, and remember that the Bible says that Faith just the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. And a mustard seed is very small. And so the Bible says you don't have to have bucket loads of faith. The Bible says all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. And those who are truly struggling with their faith, they care enough right there to have faith the size of a mustard seed. So you need to let God be God. And let God move in your life as he wants to move. But you have to be receptive. And you have to be on the lookout. Because God has many ways of talking to you. Just like looking for that silver lining in the darkest of clouds, where the silver lining is just barely there. You have to really look hard to see it. Sometimes you have to look that hard for God talking to you. But I do believe God talks to each and every one of us. Whether we hear him or not, whether we listen, whether we pay attention, well, that's kind of on us. But just like the little victories in the first half of the show, gaining faith one little bit at a time is a victory. As you live each day, say a prayer in the morning, say a prayer in the evening. Pray throughout the day if you can. Even if you're not in the habit of praying, you can acquire that habit of praying just by doing it, just by consciously saying, okay, I need to start my day with prayer. in some days you'll forget, but other days you won't. And on the days you don't forget, that's another victory. And that will also help build your faith. God did not put us on this world for us just to be punching bags. He did not make mankind just to suffer. That's not our purpose. But yet, a lot of us feel like That's our lot in life is to suffer. And it seems like the quote unquote elites and all these Satanists that are in control of things right now, they seem to look at us as programmable animals, as things just to control and to play with. They're not looking at us like we're special children of God, but that's what we are. Whether we believe in God or not is immaterial. God made us. God made the most evil atheist that's ever been born. God still made that person. That's one of the reasons that Satan hates God so much. God can create. Satan can only destroy. And so if you feel that things are being destroyed in your life, know that it's Satan and his minions who are doing the destroying. It may take a while for you to build your faith to where you actually feel that faith. And I've got to admit, I have days where I don't feel the faith at all. Those are days that everything's going wrong and the dark clouds are trying to overcome me. But ultimately, I know that God is there and has his hand of protection on me. It's just that sometimes I have to remember that. And I have to surrender things and let God be God. That's a habit that I've had my whole life is trying to take control of things that I should be leaving to God. But since I've been able to be more successful at handing things over to God, my life is much better. I know there's a concept that once you become a Christian that your life becomes perfect and everything's happy and milk and honey. and It doesn't work that way. The Bible never says that's going to happen. Matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. There have been so many people that have that have given their life for their faith. That number is astronomical. And these people had enough faith that they willingly gave their life in defense of that faith. And so faith is real. So if you're one of those that wonder if faith is really real or not, yes it is. It's extremely real. It's my prayer for each and every one of the listeners of Truth to Ponder to grow your faith. Even if you have a huge amount of faith, it can still be grown. And if you're new with your walk with the Lord, just know that you have to have patience and let God be God. And each day, you can grow your faith. We need to be in prayer over growing our faith. And we also need to be in prayer of faith growing throughout the world. The problems we have right now are not specific to any one country. It's worldwide because Satan is the king of this world. And we need to resist Satan at every turn. And if you see a brother or a sister that needs a kind word, take the time and give them that kind word. We're not put on this earth to suffer. We're put on this earth to help each other. And that's the reason that I sit in for Bob Bierman and do Truth to Ponder. And it's ultimately the reason why I do my show, The Living Off Grid Power and Information Show, is simply for one reason. I want to help people. I don't want to change them. I don't want to be a hero. I don't want to change anybody. I just want to be a blessing, and I want to help. And I hope that my time behind this microphone is worth your while to listen. And I hope you get something from my episodes, because I truly feel that God is in control of Truth to Ponder. In each Truth to Ponder show I do, I use no notes. I just listen for the Holy Spirit to give me my topic, and then I just start speaking. And I really do appreciate you tuning in today to Truth to Ponder, and keep listening and I would ask you to tell your friends all about this program because this program is very worthwhile. And I know I can speak for Bob Beerman here. He really does appreciate each and every listener. And Bob Beerman will be back soon with another great program of Truth to Ponder. I truly believe in Bob Beerman, in Bob Beerman's ministry, and the whole Truth to Ponder concept. I'm on board 100%. And I would ask that you do tell your friends about Truth to Ponder. And I would ask that you consider supporting Truth to Ponder with your donations. And you can send a check, a money order, or cash. And you would make that check out to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And you would mail that to 5753, 5753 Highway 85 North, that's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248, Clearview, all one word, Clearview, Florida, and the zip code It's 32536, and your support is greatly appreciated. And so next time, stay well, celebrate your victories, grow your faith bit by bit, be proactive, but most of all, replace fear with faith.
0: Thank you so much, Jim, for filling in for me today to make it possible to take care of the things that that I'm dealing with, as I mentioned before, a clergy associate friend of mine was struck yesterday by a car, and he is not expected to live. Then another clergy in our group up in North Carolina, his 19-year-old son, died of a heart attack after, after struggling for a year to recuperate from from some kind of a problem that had put pressure on his brain and he had gone through surgery and rehab and, and everything. And now that that family is devastated as well. So there's a lot, a lot of prayer needed right now. I'll tell you tomorrow we have a, a special program. I have a guest. Uh, we already have recorded that program. And it's Dr. William Wong, and, and really it was a great program. And I, I hope that you'll listen. I'll give you all the updates on what is happening on the Friday edition of this program. So much going on in the background. In the meantime, would you pray for this ministry and all that God is calling it to do, all the other things that God is asking me to do at this time. I need strength. I need healing as well in my heart and in my mind to do all that has to be done. And I would appreciate your prayerful support. Now, if you believe in the ministry of Truth to Ponder, would you help keep it on shortwave radio? If you can, would you mail a check made payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753. That's 5753, Highway 85 North. 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248. The city is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. That zip code again, 32536. And until tomorrow, we meet again. May God richly bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com.